Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. A view from the Bullins are delighted to announce that our second event in support of Everton in the community is on Thursday the 26th of August. Join us for an evening with Kevin Ratcliffe, Derek Mountfield and Goodison Park Stadium announcer Graham White. A limited amount of tickets go on sale Friday the 2nd of April at 9am. For more information, please visit our website at www.thebullinsview.co.uk. We hope to see you all there for a great evening and a fantastic cause. Hello and welcome to another episode from A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean, Michael Ball, and our guest today is Robert Wood. Guys, Everton 1, Burnley 2. Two goals for Burnley, Chris Wood and a, a fantastic goal by Dwight McNeil sealed the three points for Burnley. Lee, a familiar story at Goodison Park. Yeah, all too familiar, Mick, isn't it? Um, I'm sick and tired of coming on these podcasts after uh, another false dawn and another shambolic home performance. Um, first of all, Burnley deserved the win. You can't sit here and say that, you know, it was a great home performance and we knocked on the door, but were ultimately unlucky. You know, that's far from the case. It was just another inept, boring, just, you know, lifeless display at home against a team that, on paper, even even despite our injuries, we should be beaten comfortably. Um, but, you know, Burnley played to the strengths. You know, despite, you know, the, the preparation time we had, we didn't seem to uh, be prepared for uh, what they had uh, thrown at us in the first half, especially when we were particularly poor. But it's another opportunity thrown in the bin, Mick. And it's like every few weeks, Everton are given a, a, a win and the winning lottery numbers, but we go in the shop and write them down wrong on the on the on the slip. That that's what it's like. Um, you know, to lose six points to Newcastle, five to Burnley, you know, losing to Leeds, Fulham, you know, there's a lot to be positive about about, about Everton in you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, the bigger picture. But ultimately, if you're losing games like that and dropping that many points at home to, to bottom half teams, we can't really sit here in all seriousness and say that we deserve Europe. So if, if we do get in, we're going to have to turn things around quickly because we've got 10 games left. On paper, we can still do it, but we're not going to do it if we continue to put in performances like that. And it's just not changing. And I'm worried because, as I say, that's not it's not the first time, it's not the second or third, it's, it's around the the fifth or sixth home game where we've seen a performance of that ilk 
but nothing's changing. We're not seeing any sort of change in style or, or approach. And that's what's concerning me more than anything. But just waking up, massively disappointed again. It was a terrible performance. It was boring to watch again, predictable. And who knows where we go from here. But yeah, awful. Terrible display. Mm. Bully, it's now four points from our last seven home games, which is four points from 21 points. Our away form is such the polar opposite. What is this issue at home against these sort of teams? I think it's just our style of play. Um, you know, I slept on it last night and just thought, well, you know, it's a good job we never did this podcast straight away because I was I was angry and really disappointed that echoing what Lee's saying, that we're not learning from these mistakes. You know, you can have a one-off, you can have a bad game. Yeah, that's you can hold, hold your hands up and you know, that's very understandable. But when it keeps on happening, you know, many times this season, only four points at home. It's something's got to change. And um, we can say going into this game was I was hopeful that you know, who's going to step up to the plate? Who's going to you know, start playing on the front foot? And it, we did it at first you know, with Charleston's shot and we're probably not being as clinical. Uh, but when we don't put the chances away, we are so stretched as a team. I feel we're set up. Like you know, when we go away, you can sit back and, and keep compact. That's fine. And we, we've got results that way. But at home, you know, if you look at Burnley's goal, where they won the ball, that was their midfielders winning the ball high up in our final third. When we win our, but when we you know, stop the opposition, you know, we're winning on the edge of our box. And it's difficult then from the edge of our box to try and transition from the your final third to the final third to, to score a perfect goal, basically. That's what we're asking for. Um, and I feel we just need to play higher up at Goodison. I really do. Um, your team's normally would try and sit back and see what we're about. But because we still we have that same style of play, I got us and teams come and go, well, we'll have a go for the first 10, 15 minutes and then see what they're all about. And if you can snatch a goal, great. You know, and then we can go, go back into our, you know, our game plan and sit back and keep it tight and don't let Everton in. Um, and a lot of teams are, you know, are getting points that way. Um, and that's what the frustration is. We're not learning. You know, I really think that our back forward just needs to play a lot higher further forward. And then it gives the chances for Allen and Davis or, or Gomez, whoever's in midfield, to play that further 10 yards further forward and win the ball in the right areas. Then it's only a, a one-pass-through ball to our strikers or our forward players to, you know, to create an opportunity and hopefully get us a goal. Um, so that's that's concerning. And, and that's something that we need to address because moving forward, we, we need to have a different style of play because it is predictable. Every time we get the ball, you know, Awobi got his, his opportunity and he looked lively at times. Like he, he wanted the ball. He was asking for the ball in the right areas, but then the quality is just lacking. You know, his, his decision-making on the ball was, was in the wrong areas. And yet we've got injuries, but you don't want, you, these players have come to the football club, happy to sign the contractor, you know, to, to play in a certain, <laughs> play in the starting 11. And you've got to start putting his performance in. And he just seems to, I've said it for years in the echo column that, you know, we get big results against good teams and, you know, we enjoy that moment. And then we just throw it away by thinking we're better than what we are. And, you know, we were trying to toy with Burnley thinking oh, we're better than these and we're going to play with them for a little bit. And then, you know, we'll get our goal and we'll, we'll have a comfortable win. We're not good enough to do that. You know, we're not, you know, we're, we're obviously nowhere near like the Real Madrid Man City's level at all. So we've got to do the hard yards and, the first goal really was a prime example for me was so many errors um, and very basic errors. Um, Michael Keane made the pass, 
Um, but he passed it to the wrong side of Tom to make it difficult for Tom. Tom, yet yeah, could have done better. Um, could have just played it back first time and not take a, you know, not trying to take a chance to take a touch. But then the reaction from our midfield, if you look at Awobi and Gomez, Gomez starts, Awobi doesn't move. He just trots back. Gomez starts moving and slows down. And then Wood kicked the ball. Gomez is half a yard away from him. And, you know, if he had, if we were playing Liverpool or, or Man United, they wouldn't have reacted like that. They would have spinned to back and, and panicked and tried to help the teammates out. That's what we were so happy about after the derby. We were helping each other out. If someone made a mistake, there was someone there to, you know, get the, get get out of that situation. You know, Burnley, you know, he had the ball, the space. We got closed down high up. And if Gomez probably wouldn't have got there, but it's not, the, you know, it's not the principle. He, you know, he, he might have made a different decision. He might have had to lay it off instead of shooting. You know, and these these are fine margins that we need to iron out. And it's it's all about mentality, you know. And I feel, you know, when we, when we work hard together, it's great to see. Um, you know, they rally around together and you know they get good points. But when we play these teams below us, we don't seem to have that right mentality and that right desire. We do want the ball at times. We think, okay, well, we've got the ball. I'm going to try and do something. But out of possession. It there's, there's no, I can't, we keep on talking about leadership. I can't really see the leadership. Are we scared to shout at each other a little bit? You know, you see Alan, you know, he, he's trying to gen, be the general in there and, and asking players to do probably things that, that are alien to them. Um, and, and I think barely, the, the, they were so spot on with how they approached the game. You know, they, they, they bossed the midfield and that was just all about energy and being clever and, and that will and desire to do the hard yards. And, and we weren't. You know, when we got the ball again, it was just really possession at times. Uh, we did have our moments. You know, Dominic had a few opportunities, and you just think in the past he would have put them in the net. And if it's two-two, you know, you don't know that we might have gone on and, and won the game. But we need to. We seem to be playing for like for set pieces at times, and just hoping that we might get a an opportunity to take advantage from a corner or a wide free kick. But our general play or possession. It's not good enough. We don't create a, a lot on you know in open play. Um, it breaks down far too easily. Our possession is not is not good at all. Um, and I think teams now have sort of have sussed us out at home. Um, and it's a big question mark for, for Carlo. You know, I know he's had to work very hard on defensively, and that's worked. But now the the other side of it, we need to start creating more opportunities. Uh, especially at Goodison Park because you know the amount of goals we scored there is not good enough and if you want to start talking about Europe and um, and moving on that's got to improve and you know surely he will address that but that the concern is as Lee said it's happened time and time again and we're not learning from it and that's a big question mark I think Carlo will be asking from these players that can they do it you know with the who's hungry enough to try and get the ball um, and create opportunities um, so there's not many there you know there's, there's a, and a few players that up and down in form, and I can, you know, I can understand that with the situation. We're playing so many games at a difficult period, um, but where's that willingness and that desire? That's that's the minimum requirement to me. You know, you can have a bad game, and but you've got to show that willingness, and that that was lacking again against Burnley because I think of our attitude that we think we're too good for them. Mm. Rob, just what Borley just said there. You know, the defense is quite deep at times, and so is the midfield. And Borley would like us to get up maybe 10, 15 yards up the pitch. Is that due to the personnel that Carlo currently has on offer? Is it the is it the players? Do you think probably not taking instructions, or do you think it's more of Carlo thinking this is the best way to get results against teams? 
Um, I think it's probably a little bit of both, to be fair, Mick. Um, I don't think that midfield yesterday was fit for purpose. Now, I know we're going to get injuries throughout the season. Everyone's going to get injuries. But for me, the Corey was a massive loss. Um, he's the only one who gets up and down the pitch. Alan breaks the play up. Um, Davis and Gomez do a very similar job, backwards and sidewards and, and, and without moving forward an awful lot. Even Sigurdsson can create something, but that, that middle three for me never created anything. It was very telling when we, when we got the goal. It was still an hour left of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't do anything in that hour. And even in the 90th minute, something stood out for me. We got the ball in the, in the final third and it ended up with our goalkeeper. Mm. We're trying to salvage a point out the game and we're ending up going back 50, 60, 70 yards. There was no penetration at all from that midfield. And when you, you put into the fact as well, I mean, I like Mason Holgate. I think he's a good defender, but he's not a right back. So the whole side of that right, right-hand side wasn't given anything offensively. It was, it, was, it was breaking down every time he got past the halfway line. Now, mm. at home, you've got to be on the front foot. Um, and I just don't think, at the moment, the players that are playing are good enough to, to do that. Mm. Um, particularly with Hammers missing as well. And, you know, I think we're all coming to realise Hammers is only going to be playing 15, 20 games a season. So we need somebody who's going to play the other games mm. because no one else can create in that team. Um, it, it was hard to watch, to be honest, because we all knew what was going to happen before the game kicked off mm. and it's become unpredictable now particularly at home because we we sit back away from home we break the play down we count it and we try and you know get some kind of, of set piece in the final third to get a goal and it's worked all season but at home teams are doing exactly that to us um, and until he gets the personnel he needs I don't think it's going to change Lead mm. Just touching on Rob just said there about Mason Holgate. I'm not going to single players out. Um, you know, if players are told to play in a position that they'll play in that position and work really hard and try their best. But going forward, you know, Mason Holgate is quite limited as a footballer. He's more probably of a centre half. Do you think that game yesterday kind of needed Seamus Common to start the game? Hundred percent, absolutely. Um, and you're right with what you say, Mick. It's not Mason Holgate's fault because you know he's not a right back. If you ask him the question, he'll tell you he's not a right back. He prefers to play centre back, and and he's produced some good performances in there. But yeah, it was a strange one because he's not performed well of late when he's been put in that position. So I just thought Coleman's fit. He's on the bench. Surely it's you know round pegs and round holes, and and you and you you start him. So uh, you know he came on, but it was all too little, too late. Um, you know, we've identified this as an issue on previous podcasts. You know, that, that right-hand side, um, you know, Rob's just pointed it out perfectly there. It's a, it's a, it's becoming a massive issue. Teams are going to do the homework against us and, and identify that as a weakness area and, and, and try and target that. So, you know, th- there's work to be done. And, and you just worry now because we've got 10 games left. We've got Man City on Saturday. Oh, my word. You know, I think we're all we're all looking forward to that one, aren't we? Not, um, you know, are, are we going to be able to sort of limp towards the finish line at the end of the season and, and actually achieve something? If we don't, 
we're going to all look back on this and think, oh my way, what, what a waste, you know, what a golden opportunity we've missed because it's the door has been not just the jar, it's been wide open for us for, for a while now. And we keep looking like we're going to take advantage. We put ourselves in the position and then repetition, repetition. It's, it's the same old story. Again, we let ourselves down and it, it, it's extremely frustrating. Um, but it, you know, it, we can't just pin that on Mason Holgate. You know, there's there's a number of people on that pitch yesterday who far from did themselves justice. You know, we have the talent on the pitch, but we're not applying ourselves properly at home. Tactically, we're not set up correctly. You know, it's it's dull. It's it's predictable. We don't bit seem to be able to take the game to the opposition ever. Um, you know, when do you ever see Everton pinning a team back, you know, for a sustained period of time? You know, where they're camped in their own half and you know we're creating chance after chance after chance it's it's boring to watch we don't create anything so unless we're we're perfect in terms of our finishing and unfortunately of late you know Calvert-Lewin's he's, he's not quite there he's not firing on all cylinders he's, get, he's getting you know the, these chances where he's got time to think and, and he doesn't quite seem to be able to do it um but we're not scoring enough goals, end of story. And that that's obviously, we can't point the finger just at Dominic Calvert-Lewin because his return has been really good and he, and he scored again yesterday. It's a much bigger picture, creativity set-up-wise. We're just not set up to create uh, chances and score goals. Um, so I don't know where we go from here, because he can only work with what he's got. And we've we've got the best out of a bad bunch. And, and we're sort of, We've, we've mentioned before we're, we're overachieving a little bit I would say but we need strengthening and you know it's all well and good saying okay we can we can sign three top uh, quality players in the summer we've got to make ourselves an attractive proposition and the only way we're going to attract the very best players and, and I know Ancelotti's a draw and he's a pull and a big name the only chance we're going to get to attract the really big players these want to play in Europe you know, these big players are not going to be happy coming to a, a club when more often than not, and I know you, there's the exception with Hammers and such, where they, they want to be playing on the on the on the top stage and, and you can't blame them for that. It's a short career. So we've got a job to do between now and the end of the season. And the fixtures are still there for us, they're still relatively kind. But things have to change. And Ancelotti's got to look at himself as well, because he again he's not untouchable. He's got to look at himself and that on, on that training pitch and, and He's got to tear up whatever he's doing now and and sort of start from scratch with 10, 10 games of the season to go because it's not working. You know, we can all see it. You know, there's thousands of Evertonians in the country and across the world watching it thinking you're doing the same thing but expecting a different result. It's, it's not it's not right. So, yeah, it's not, not just Holgate's fault. It's a, it's a much bigger picture, Mick. Um, and I'm glad I'm not the one in the position to, to you know, be having to work this out and, point out what's going wrong because I just don't know I'm really confused watching it but I'll watch with interest in the, in the over the next couple of months to see where we go um, hopefully they surprise me and the rest of us and, and sort of turn this round um, but can I see that happening in, in, in all honesty with this group of players well, no because they've, they've let us down you know once too many now for me Paulie well, it is strange isn't it I mean we are struggling to go forward and create things, but Burnley yesterday, they could have scored four or five. And I thought every time they came forward, they looked they looked dangerous, they looked quick. And for a team that have failed to score in, I believe, eight previous away games, 
they looked a completely different side to that and what the what the stats suggest. Um, so what sort of style are we trying to play? Because we weren't very good defensively yesterday and we certainly weren't very good going forward. Well, it's that's a it's with Everton, aren't we? It just seems to happen. We, we, we seem to give everybody the boost in the season when they're struggling, either scoring or anything like that. We just seem to leave the door open. Yesterday's performance, um, you know, go back to Holgate situation. Um, I can, I didn't agree with it. I think Shamus should have played, but I, th- I think he put him in there because I think he wanted a back four to just be tight and stay and stay deep and let the midfield sort of run it. We, we changed the formation. We put a Wobi in the hole, so it wasn't working. You know, Carlo tried it. It wasn't working. Um, with, with the ball or, or without the ball, to be honest, then he moved the Wobi back out wide because Holgate needed protection. Um, so that was probably the reason why Holgate got um, got the starting lineup, got in the starting lineup. Um, but against them two, why, why are we concerned about them type of teams? You know, we should be like you know where Everton and go out on the front foot. And Seamus, as we know, you know, you know he's great at going forward for us, but he, you know he's a great defender as well. And for many years, our outlets always been out wide with Seamus and Leighton or, or Digney. And Holgate, you know, he is limited. He's a centre half at the end of the day. So when we get the ball in possession in the middle, there was, there was nothing there for us. For, to, we had to always come down one side. So it was very, very predictable and easy for Burnley to defend against. Um, and the difference between them, they just had runners and desire in midfield. Um, we know we're stretched. Uh, we've, I've said that for you know numerous of months, but when it's work or when you get the results, you don't really care. You just think that hopefully we can change it a little bit. Um, and I feel the way Carlo sets up his teams that he's probably setting them up on the basis he's got the quality to when we get an opportunity, we'll score. Um, and we had a few opportunities ye- uh, yesterday and we, we didn't put them away. But yeah, the concern was the overrun of midfield and that's not the first game. You know, many games this season, our midfield has not been good with Alan or without Alan. It's the, it's the amount of space we, we give the opposition. Um, you, know, you look at the Chelsea game as well, yeah, it's a different, different level. We just don't seem to be tight enough. You know, the, the gap between Calvert-Lewin and the midfield is big, so they're easy to start possession. Um, and then when we close, if you look at the second goal, say Alan, you know, he, he went to close, but far too late. Um, and then he gets done and there's a fantastic finish. But if you stand standing five yards further forward, that pass is not even on. They've got to go backwards and sideways the way we are. So when we get the ball in possession, we are midfielders, we look up and our players are marked. So we, the only option is probably backwards and sideways, which is not good enough. It means the other players aren't getting in the right positions because they're technically not good enough or mentally not good enough to re, to understand where they need to be at times. You know, if Hammers comes, it gets in the side. He finds himself in little pockets, difficult to to get marked, and then he's got the the time and the space to create something. We haven't got many of them players. Um, you know, Richardson tries it as much as he can, um, but when he's marked, the Calvert Lewin's marked. What have we got? We, we haven't got anything. We haven't got no outlay. So, you know, I feel the shame is, you know, would have been a, would have been big for us, Digne against on the other side. So I think we're just very, very predictable. And then teams just think, look, we know what they've got. If you can mark them out of the game, we'll play on the front foot and we've got the space in the midfielders for them to dictate. And the reason I was saying about playing higher up, it's not like they had Jamie Vardy up front running in behind and causing problems in spaces. You know, they had target men, so we could, we could have afforded to step, you know, to play that 10, 15 yards further forward. Um, and even when the balls was going toward, but some like Godfrey, you know, I love him as a player, I think he's great. 
you know, but they weren't challenging. You know, I think he headed it to himself once. You know, he headed it and chested it and he turned and he had a shot and Godfrey blocked it. But if we stand in the right positions, uh, with and without the ball, it's the game is so much easier. And that's just down to quality of player. You know, and that is the difference. There are fine margins, but I feel like we, when we, we get the ball, we got that possession. We seem to be marked, everybody, and our only option is backwards and sideways, and it's so boring to watch. It's so predictable. We haven't got that style of play, as I said last week. I was looking forward to the Burnley game to see who can step up to the plate and who can sort of be that creative genius for us and, you know, start causing team problems at Goodison. And the answer was we didn't we didn't have any, you know, and that's, that's really disappointing. Um and between now and the end of the season, Carlo needs to be asking the players to, to say, look, do you want to be at this football club? I'm going to ask you to do a job. And you, you've got to do it to your best of the ability. And if it's not good enough, we're just going to buy somebody else. It's simple as that. You know, you know, we obviously heard the rumours about Awobi with his Instagram. Well, it's a simple answer. You can look at himself in the mirror and go, well, if you want to play in your, right, in your, in your preferred position, play well in it. Mm. Don't lose the game. And then, the manager's got no option but to play it in there. And that's not just a Wobi, that's everybody. You know, we have tinkered with the formation yesterday probably three or four times throughout the game. And it, it is difficult as a player. Next minute, you you sort of got a free roll to do what you want. Then you get moved out wide and you've got defensive, um, you know, jobs to do. And you don't know if you're going to be too deep or get forward. And you probably, you, I think, you, especially where we get caught in two minds a lot of the time. And, you know, I've got Holgate out of position. Ben Godfrey's played all over the place, but Ben's he's done well. So, you know, at the start of the season, Ben couldn't get in the team. He got they got an opportunity. He played that well. That Carlo had to find a position for him. And that's what everybody else in the squad needs to be like. You know, if you get the opportunity, play well and give the manager a headache to go, I can't leave this guy out. I've got to put him back in. And that's down to your own, you know, personal performance, your own pride in your performance. So you you, know, you can't be knocking on the manager's door complaining. Not one of them players can go on the manager's door complaining why I'm not playing. Just look at yourself in the mirror, put the performance in, in your, in your preferred position or whatever you, you know, the manager's play. It's be Have a bit of pride in your own performance and go, well, I played well today. I was out of position, but you know, I did what I could. And the manager will see that. You know, it's, it's, very, it's very obvious, to be honest. Mm. It just feels that I think, again, what I said earlier on, it's the... It's the desire and the mentality that we think we're sometimes too good at times. And, you know, we haven't done anything yet. You know, we're, we're there or thereabouts for Europe, but we haven't done anything, you know, until we get over that line and win a trophy and start sort of putting the, the top teams under pressure year after year. Then you can have that sort of that little bit of an attitude. But you, you, it's not, nothing's you know, given in this game. You know, if you look at Man City last year, I, you know, they were still a fantastic team, but he just struggled to get results. And it's probably just down to, changes and changing the personnel and the understanding of injuries. It happens, but you've got to be there or thereabouts in case somebody around you falls short and you're there to pick up the pieces. You know, we just seem to give the opposition and everybody in the league that gap and that space every time. You know, we never seem to be just underneath and going to cause them problems and put pressure on them and they play the next game and they feel, well, if we get beat, everything can go above us. We just drop points and make it easy for them, for them to go out and and play what they want to play. And that's the real disappointing. And it's, yeah, it's Everton. It's disappointing. But that mentality needs to go. You know, we don't want to be, you know, many teams, you know, many in the media, like talk about Tottenham, the great setup, you know, great, you know, great manager. Um, you know, the, the club's fantastic and blah, blah, blah. But put trophies in, just be nasty, win. And then you can, you can have that sort of, 
that, that class about you afterwards, you know, when you've got the silverware and you've done the hard yards. Because it's, it's, to, to win trophies is hard, it's difficult. And when you've done it, you'd understand it. The fans will understand it more of what, what, what is needed. We're not, I'm not just happy anymore with just one or two big performances year on year. And they go, well, that was good. Or we beat them. But it doesn't matter if you throw it away against teams below you. And that's what really just needs to get out of our club. And yeah, Carlo, you know, he's, he's a fantastic manager. But as Lee said, you know, we, we want to attract good players. Um, you know, we've got Hamez, fantastic. And you know, his job is to get us into Europe. He wants to play in Europe. So he needs to get himself fit and get more minutes. You know, we're probably only get 60, 70 minutes out of him each game. But I think that's what the plan was from the start. But we're hoping you're two, three nil up by then. And you can rest them, but you know we're playing players probably far too many minutes because we're struggling to kill games at times, uh, or we're chasing games. So it's it's been a very up and down season for us. But you know it's not over. You've got ten games to go, and the guys the finishing line's nearly there, and just got to give it a massive good go. And for the end of the season, have, season have no regrets of just going right. We put everything there, and we fell short. You know, massive disappointment. Or you know we we got it, we got it, we got in there. You know we could have got a lot higher. Um, so that's what the guys' mentality needs to be focusing on. You know, Carlo, the coaching staff, and all the players. Just, I think they need to get together. You know, figure out what's what's going wrong, especially at Goodison Park. And who, you know, why is it nervousness? Is it is it sort of playing alien football because we're getting results sitting back? That when we we do play in the front foot, we leave ourselves wide open, and um, we don't want to take the chances and get caught and get blamed. Um, but that's, I think that performance against Burnley, you know, they, they they did play very well, but we let them, you know, we didn't press them high enough. We didn't you know, cause them any problems. We let them dictate and, you know, they hit the bar, they hit the post, they could have had a penalty. You know, it, it, it could have been, you know, like I see the Chelsea game, it could have been a lot, a lot worse than what it was. So look, we've got to dust ourselves off. And as we said from the start, we need to start learning from this. We've got a difficult game against Manchester City. So I doubt our style of play will change against them. Um, but in the league form, I feel that it needs to be addressed to try and start winning points at Goodison. Mm, Rob, like what Bordy just said there about Alex Awobi, he went public on his Instagram page, um, had a bit of a moan about not playing in his preferred position. He he started centrally uh, against Burnley and then kind of got moved over to the side and, and it all kind of got a bit messy at times, but he played the full 90. Do you feel he was wrong to go public with what he said? Um, I, I never had a problem with him going public, but my issue is I'm not really sure what his best position is, and I'm not sure he is either. Um, he started well yesterday. The first five minutes he created something for Richarlison, and I thought, oh, you know, he, he looks up for it. But he, he tends to fade in and out of games a lot, the Wobie. Um, he's got something. I'm just not sure what it is. Um, he can run with the ball. He doesn't really create anything, and that, that's the major issue. That goes across the board with a lot of the players. Um, when we get to the final third, it all stops. It all breaks down. And the will be is, is systematic of that. He's not the only issue in this team. You know, There's several players that need to up the game. There's 10 games left, and we've got to play every single game now like it's a cup final. Mm. And a will be, for me, probably won't won't play in every single game anyway. Um, our, our priority has got to be to try and get Hammers on the pitch because when he's on the pitch, we are a different team. Richarlison and, and Calvert-Lewin tend to come alive um, and we look dangerous. But without Hammers, even without Sigurdsson at times, you know, there's very little 
being created. Um, and it's worrying. It's really worrying. Mm. But in an ideal world for me, moving forward, I w- I'd replace Obobi anyway. I don't think he's good enough. He's, he, he, he can do a few tricks with the ball, but he doesn't... There's no end product. And for me, you need you need more. You need better. Mm. Um, the trouble is... I'm not sure how much money we're going to have to spend. Your financial fair play is going to hold us back anyway. So we may have to move players on to create money to buy players, which is going to be difficult. Um, and Europe is essential in that. Like what, what, what Paulie said there, without Europe, trying to attract the better players is going to be a major problem. Um, but again, that's all for the summer. In the meantime, we've got to try and win as many games as we can. Because... Overall, if you look at the table now, you know, we've actually won more games already than we did in the entirety of last season. So it hasn't all been bad. There has been progress. But we keep tripping over ourselves alone and it's holding us back. Imagine if we'd have won three of them games where we'd be in the table. You know, and it's it's fine margins. We, We could be in the top four now. And it's so frustrating to watch because the teams that have come here are poor. Newcastle. How have Newcastle took six points off Everton this season? It's infuriating. You know, you watch them against other teams and you can't do anything. They, can't, they don't look like scoring. They beat us twice. And, and that, that is what held us back this season. For me, we need better players moving forward. I know Lawobi, Gomez, um, even Davis, in an ideal world, they're not starters. And he needs to be replaced. Looking back at the last few games, we've now we've now failed to score um, in the second half in the last eleven games at home. If you were Josh King, would you be thinking, you know, come on, give me a try? Something's obviously not working. It's nothing's changing. I mean, eleven games, Lee, with with no second half goal at home, it's it's really poor, isn't it? That wow, I didn't know that. I mean, that's some stat, you know, and, and that that's got to be a major concern. Um, so it throws up a couple of questions, yes. You know, you'd, you'd think Josh King would have been given more of a chance, but then you ask the question, what is Ancelotti and the others seeing in training that we're not? Um, there's been a couple of comments from from us lot um, since we signed Josh King that perhaps he doesn't look fit, he doesn't look match fit, he may be carrying a few extra pounds. But he's looked quite sharp in a couple of the sub-appearances he's made in the last couple of weeks, so... Yeah, I think he's warranted more of an opportunity than he's been than he's been getting. But I also think that it highlights the need for a better backup to Calvert Lewin. You know, he's carrying too much pressure on his shoulders because if Plan A, so to speak, isn't going right, and you know we're getting to the second half and we're either we're behind or we're chasing a game or we're trying to protect the lead and, and build on it on a one nil or whatever, it, it's not quite happening, and we, it, it's. What that is signalling is we are unable to change the flow of a game and go up a gear or two, and that that's a worry. But I, I didn't know it was you know to that extent. Eleven games with no second half goal that is that's shocking. That's over half of your home games, isn't it, across mm. the season? So yeah, I mean it, we've we've talked about it. I think Borley mentioned it on either the last podcast or the one before. I think the bar's been set with some of the recent signings that we've brought in. So there was a point in time where your Andre Gomez's, you know, were, were a level above what we had, but we've moved on. And 
you see the likes of Decore, who you know we know is a huge miss. Alan, James Rodriguez, Ben Godfrey certainly come in, and they've raised the bar again. And what it's highlighting is is the others that they've joined that they're not up to it, or they're not up to it consistently. So we we see glimpses from Yerowobis and Yagomezes, Sigurdsson, but it's not they're not players who can do it week in week out and really stand up to the plate and deliver consistently. And that's what top players do. So in terms of characteristics of players that we're looking to bring in in the summer, that's what we've got to be looking at. Players who have got the character and the ability to perform week in, week out. Look at, And I'm not saying we're going to go out and buy Ronaldo. I'm just using this as an example. Look at his consistency. You know, the levels, the bar he sets himself, the standards that he sets week in, week out. He never lets his performance drop. It's the same for all top players. And we, and we our players, the, the squad of players we've got, cannot look at themselves in the mirror and say that about themselves. We, it, it's, we, we haven't got enough of those players to be able to put a, put a run of performances together and, and ultimately address this home record. So if we are to turn this round between now and the end of the season, I think he's got to change things quite drastically. I don't think it's got to be little changes here or there. He's got to try something completely different. Um, and maybe use some different players. Use Josh King. You know, you've got the likes of Nkunku there on the bench again, who, who's just gone missing. He's not seemed to be. He's not getting factored in at all into the equation and in the match day squad. He's, he's named on the bench. He never gets a sniff. Um, and I like the look of him at the start of the year. I think he's you know he's pacey, he's tricky. He's got him. He's got him product as well. Um, so I'd just like to see something a little bit different. I think Seamus Coleman. Whether or not he's a regular starter these days, I don't know. But there's a case to put Godfrey back at right back and bring Yerry Mina in because our record with Yerry Mina playing at centre back, if you look at the statistics, is much better than when we're without him in the side. So I think we've got to find a place for him because he offers a threat in, um, on set pieces going forward, and of course he's a, he's a presence in our box when we're, when we're when we're defending set pieces. So he's got to come in uh, on Saturday. But yeah, um, you know, that statistic is alarming and it's extremely worrying and it highlights some of the gaps that we've evidently got, Mick. Mm. Borley, just, just looking at that stat, it was nothing that we hadn't seen before um, and he left it till around the 64th, 65th minute to make to make some changes. Were you surprised that it took that long? Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, we got that goal. I mean, we go back to 2-1 and, and it, probably Carl just thinks, you know, we can go back to plan A and hopefully get back into the game. And I think it was, well, after probably five, six minutes into the second half, you knew nothing nothing was really going to change. Um, you know, Davis substitution, he's probably the only one in the middle who played it who could drive forward. I thought it was a, a bit of a strange substitution bringing him off. I know he's, he had the mistake for the goal, but, you know, I don't I don't just solely blame him for that. Um, and he, he did set up the goal for, for Dominic. Um, so I thought that was a, a strange substitution, um, but yeah, it, it's the difficult thing is from the outside we don't we don't see him at Finch Farm. You know, you've got to trust in your manager. You know, he has, he has a he has a way about him. You know, I read a great article from his son how he goes about things and he questions Duncan and his son. Um, but the, the reasons why he's setting up a certain way and why the pros and con- uh, pros and you know the negatives um, on each and every case, and he discussed this in at length and. Nine times out of ten, Carlo's always right. Um, and they, they always have a bit of a, a joke and a smirk about it. 
um, the reasons behind the, the, the you know the way he is as a as a football manager. So you've got to trust in his opinion. Um, but sometimes it just feels that it's just our basics aren't doing it right. But that's not Carlo's fault. It's down to the players to do the basics right. Uh, as I said earlier, you find yourselves in, in a situation, i.e. like a Wobu at the start of the game. He looked lively. He looked like he wanted the ball. And you're thinking he's up for it you know, today. Let's hopefully he puts a performance in. He's put a bit of pressure on himself by going public. And let's see what he's all about. And it started well. And then basically just all fizzled out again. Um, and that's the problem. And there's too many players like that on, on our books. It's just our consistency levels game on game it's not high enough you know some lads you know, they hit eight or nine have a great day and then they go back down to the four and fives again and that's not good enough over the long period of a season um, and, and Carlo just be learning about this you know he'll be in discussions with Marcel and the board of who, he, who he'd like to bring in whether we can get everybody that he wants um, financially is another question hopefully you can uh, but there's going to be a mixture of um, youth and prospects. I like the Ben Godfrey situation and the Corey, who they weren't. Um, Carlo's buyers, but they've done well, done very well since they come to the club. Uh, Carlo will be looking for players who can bring that extra quality um, and extra jazz to his team to play the way he likes to play football. Um, so, yeah, it's look, it's we've improved from last season. You want progress year on year. It's just a disappointing part of this season is the the points that we've lost, especially at home against those teams, you know, four points at home, you know, it's just, it's not good enough really. Um, or not good enough at all. So that's really a massive frustration. And uh, go back to the fans, you know, what would the, what would our, what would we be like at Goodison? Would we rally, rally the lads to get them up for to get them back into the game early? And that gives the players that sort of oomph to go and do something about it a little bit earlier. You know, you're talking about making a change, you know, so late in the second half. You're thinking, if the fans were there, would we make a difference of getting the players to react a bit quicker? You'll get to, you know, would Gomez spin back quicker for the first goal? Would Alan stood in the right position? It's, you don't know. It's just, you're trying to find, you know, an excuses or solutions to why we're playing that way at Goodison Park. And, you know, we've all been there when it's being bouncing, it's been great and we've got behind the team and, you know, we've got the lads over the line. But we've also been there when it's sort of turned toxic and it's dire to watch and with the moans and groans. But then if you're a player and you hear the moan and groans, you 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 get like sort of inside your body, go right, I'm gonna prove you wrong and go and do something about it. And you see the players who are up for the battle, and you see the players who are just sort of floating about and just plodding themselves through the game and not really implementing themselves properly. Um while so some players are probably feel while it's just on the TV, they're probably getting away with it. But Carlo's not daft. He can see. He can see that. You know, he's standing at the touchdown. He sees them every day at Finch Farm, so he knows who's up for the fight, who's up for the project with him, who's going to be here next season. He'll, he'll understand who's got the right mentality to be at the club. So we, us as fans from the outside, we just got to trust in his opinion. And there's reasons behind why he does it, and we just got to trust that. You know, nine times out of ten, he's going to be right and get the results. So fingers crossed, he can find a solution from that to the end of the season to finish the season as as positive as possible. Rob, is, is this where we're at as a team right now? Is this is, is this what we are, do you think? We're, we're pretty good away from home when we don't have the ball. Um, when we have to take the game to a team, we, we're just not capable. Well, I think it was interesting. Um, Ancelotti was, was questioned about that last night. Um, it seems to me that he was suggesting exactly that. When, when we're defending, we're good. We can, we can close out a game and then we can, we can counter-attack and... and, and you know, score a goal. 
when the onus is on us, we haven't got players who can break teams down. Um, especially, you know, the likes of the Burnleys and the Fulhams. They're doing to us what we do to teams away from home. I think you've also got to take into account we've won nine away games this season. Would we have won them games if the crowd was still there? You know, it's a, it's a difficult one to answer that because our home form has plummeted and our away form has been awful for years. But this season, it's, it's been outstanding. So when crowds are allowed back in, it'll be interesting to see whether we are actually that good away from home or whether that has played its part. Um, but until we until we get players who can create something and who can big teams down, it's always going to be difficult for us, um, especially with injuries. We, we can ill afford our best players to, to be injured. And I know everybody gets injuries and, and, and it's part of the game. But we haven't got a squad deep enough to cover them when they're not there. Um, and he doesn't he doesn't seem to want to use certain players that like um, someone mentioned before about Nkonku. He looked really promising at the start of the season, but he just hasn't been used at all. The same with Gordon. Um, he moved him on, on long. Um, and so we're using the same players all the time. And the likes of Bernard, you know, he flatters to deceive. He can do something really good. And then the next five, six games, you do absolutely nothing. And it, it, it's not consistent enough and it's not threatening enough. Um, you've got to remember, we've got a player who scored 19 goals this season. When was the last time? I mean, it was Lukaku, the last time we had a player that threatening. Mm. And it's awesome, I think, on 12. So we've got a couple of goal scorers in the team. We just don't create anything. Um, but again, I mean, until we can... Buy the players to, to do that. Nothing will change it. In reality, if you, if you take Hammers and Allen out of the equation because they've missed most of the season, the pair, the only difference in, in the team this season to last season has been the core and Godfrey. And I think we've improved greatly compared to last season. So it, it's going to take time and it's going to be a slow process. But I, I do believe he can attract the right players to, to move us forward. I just don't know whether we've got the time really to, to, to wait. Um, it could take two or three seasons, you know. Mm. Um, for me, we, we, we need Europe. We need Europe this season to move forward because if we don't get in Europe by the end of the season, it's been a massive opportunity missed. Um, and we'll, all, we'll all be absolutely gutted, but I think as a club, it's going to be difficult to swallow because we should really have qualified for the Champions League. The amount of opportunities we've had, you know, especially at home as well. I can't remember the last time we've lost, was it six games now we've lost at home? No, I can't remember the last time we did that. So, again, I think it's all about recruitment. I know we keep going back to it, but in the summer, it'll be interesting to see what areas of the field he, he targets um, we definitely need a right back and we need mobility and energy in this team once we've got that I think we'll be a different proposition mm. Lee looking at looking at the bigger picture obviously there's no fans in stadiums at the moment do you feel having fans at Goodison would have helped I know some people feel that the atmosphere can be a bit toxic at times which it can when things aren't going our way but do you think these sort of games at home we would have benefited with fans in the stadium 
I do actually, Mick, yeah. Um, and I know there's arguments for and against that being as a as an excuse, so to speak. But, you know, if you're to ask Borley on here, you know, he's been there, he's played in front of Goodison Park. And you hear a lot of ex-pros refer to the atmosphere, especially at Goodison, as being demanding. You know, if you're slightly off it, you know, the Goodison Park faithful will let you know. And a reminder of the standards that are that are expected when you when you put the royal blue shirt on. And I think, you know, when we've seen time and time again in these games that we've discussed at length now, um, these levels drop below what we expect. The atmosphere would have been, hang on, no, no, I'm not accepting that. It would have been loud, it would have been noisy, would it would have been voices of discontent uh, across you know across the stadium. And Often that that kicks plays into life. You know, if if someone if a player has started the game sluggishly and not quite, you know, got out the blocks, then they'll think, "Oh, hang on, Christ, they're on me here." You know, I better up my game a little bit. And of course, that that factor is not, you know, in play this season. So it's it's very strange. And then also when we are a goal ahead, you know, we, we talked about it in the um, the podcast after the Southampton game, where we we went a goal up and we've just come off the back of a, a massive. Derby win away at Anfield and the place would have been up and bouncing and I think on, on the flip side the players would have been energised by you know a positive atmosphere and the way we know Goodison, Goodison can get when things are really really good so they're not able to feed off that either so it would be stupid to rule it out as a factor of course it's a factor, football's been played in front of full stadiums, well mainly uh, certainly for Everton for you know as long as we, we can remember so of course, it's a factor, um, but it's the same for everyone. It is what it is. Um, and we have had, what, nine months now to, to learn to adapt to that um, and, you know, change our game to suit it. Um, you know, sports psychology is, is a massive part of the game now. And there'll, there'll be people in the background for sure talking about this issue. And, and well, I would, I'd like to think so anyway. And if they haven't done so so far, they should be because I do think it's an, an issue. Yeah, we don't seem to be able to get ourselves up for the fight or up for the the opportunity to go and take games by the scruff of the neck or kill games off. Um, so of, of course we've missed the fans, and the sooner we have a, a packed, energetic, you know, fervent Goodison Park, the better. We all can't wait for that. But in the meantime, we've got to find a way to do things without the fans. Um, and that's on the players and Ancelotti to figure out, not us. Mm. Okay, guys, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening, as always. We will be back Wednesday morning at 9am with pre-match talk of the big FA Cup game at home to Manchester City. In the meantime, stay safe, take care, and all the very best. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 